Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. I'm here today with Olivia from Decluttered Intentions. And if you have not checked out her content on Instagram and her YouTube page or any of the places she is, you will by the end of listening to this because she is so aligned with everything I've been talking about in my podcast, what I say to my clients um, around your your physical space, your head space, and all those sorts of things. And I'm so happy for you to all listen to this conversation today. I know she's going to share some really beautiful gems of thoughts and information. So Olivia, what would you like people to know about you and what you well, do? First of, <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat about all these fun things today. Um, just a I guess the first thing is like who I am. So I'm Olivia. I'm a burnout and NLP success coach. So what that essentially means is I work with ambitious and high achieving women to guide them and support them in moving out of the hustle culture that we've been brought up in, the overworking, the overwhelm that so many of us get stuck in and into a place of reclaiming their time, energy, and ease. And I do this a little bit different than, you know, what the standard productivity and time management industry teaches us. Um, and it's really focused around the masculine and feminine energies and what I call the feminine path to productivity and the feminine art of success. So it's very much like, how can we reimagine what we've been taught in order to create a new narrative around what it means to be successful and how we get there? I just love that. And I love that you are honoring that women have a different way of going about being productive and how the world describes that mm -hmm. between the two. So what got you into this? Oh my gosh, such a roller coaster and different turns and different paths. Um, but initially my business, if I could even call it that at the beginning, wasn't even a business. It was just a blog that I did while I was studying. Uh, and it was all on decluttering and minimalism. And I just really felt drawn to those topics. I grew up super type A perfectionist organized. Um, that was like really a huge coping mechanism that I used. And so naturally, I was like, oh my gosh, like I love this, this trend of minimalism was happening and the decluttering and like the whole KonMari thing. So I just like was very engaged in all of that. So I had this blog that I really just wrote for fun. Um, and then I hit a turning point in 2019 and I was um, really burnt out. I was stressed, anxious all the time um, and really kind of like grappling with the future. Like, what do I do and where do I go and how do I make sure it's the right thing and that I don't get caught up in something that doesn't feel aligned again. And so I went to Bali for a month and I did a yoga teacher training. And that was when everything really started to shift in my life. I really went into healing from my past, from trauma that I didn't even realize I had. Um, and through that came a lot of clarity. So while I was in Bali, I had this like moment of a download and it was like, you have to do something with this blog. It doesn't mean that it's going to be this blog, but like you have to just take the next step, whatever that is. And I had no idea what it was. I was like, okay, let's just see what happens. And so from there, I built a website, which looking back, I would not do again. <laughs> I'm not a like master tech person. And so it was just one struggle after the next. Um, but it really just gave me 
a connection to this passion without needing to figure out like, okay, this is the business plan right off the bat. Like I was just kind of playing in it. Um, And that's where I started offering services first to just friends and, you know, acquaintances for free to go into their homes and to declutter for them. So I did that for a while and then I started charging for it. And then I got to the point where I realized I actually don't like going into people's homes at all. (laughs) This is not aligned. (laughs) I love the idea of understanding why do we hold on to things and like, what's the psychology behind why we have a hard time letting go and like the stories that we're attaching it to. So it was so much of this mindset work that I started unintentionally doing. Um, And I actually, in that time, shifted out of going into people's homes. And I was like, I'm just going to coach you via, at that point, Skype. So (laughs) pre-pandemic. And which, you know, was perfect when the pandemic hit then, because I was already moving in that direction. Um, I was already online. And that's when I started to see, okay, this isn't actually about decluttering anymore. I don't really want to you know, focus so much on helping people remove their physical things. I want to focus on the mindset, which is now belief systems, not physical stuff anymore, but the emotional and mental stuff. Um, And coming back to this core passion of like time management and organization, because all of the things that I was seeing was that we're so tied up in all of this chaos and all of this like physical stuff that's distracting us from the things that we really want or that are really important to us. Um, so how can we clear that stuff and actually open up our time and open up the way that we live our lives and be really intentional with how we're spending all of that currency, so to say. Mm. And for women, it is a very different challenge because the expectations and the role that we've played through the years if we're a mom or for a professional or for both that we set that bar and if we start to fall beneath that bar there's a lot of yuck from others sometimes a hundred percent and so much of how we have also been conditioned to show up has been for other people and so when we start to really reclaim our own desires and get clear on what those are in the first place It can feel super sticky, super uncomfortable. Um, And yeah, we kind of, we kind of have to reshift a lot of the things in our lives in order to make what we think or already a lot of the times we know we want this, we know we want more time, but then like doing it is a whole other thing. (laughs) Yeah. The heavy lifting is, is, can be intimidating. And right. So I know for me, when I started my own business of just being in private practice after being in agencies, it was just, wow, very scary because people thought, nope, you're not going to be able to pay the bills. Nope. You're not going to the others talk more about how you sort of help shift that mindset to not be focused on the other's opinions and thoughts. And so, like I mentioned before, one of the big core focuses in my framework and how I work with my clients is this energy system of the masculine and the feminine. And, um, what this essentially means for anyone who's hearing this for the first time, it has nothing to do with sex or gender or your personal preference. It is all about the energies that exist within us. And every single person has a blend and is somewhere on this spectrum and scale of masculine feminine. And the thing with how we've been conditioned and taught to show up in work is that it is just very heavily in the masculine energy. Again, like not to, not that we need to get into this, but just to look back in history, like 
who ran the public sphere of work. Like it was male dominated. And so of course those are gonna be the systems that are in place. That's who they're gonna be benefiting. Um, and they're not inherently wrong. And there's a lot of parts and pieces that can be very beneficial. But if we're only in that energy and we're only in that space, we're missing a whole other piece of, of the puzzle and of the magic that we can be tapping into. And so the way that I really start to focus on, okay, how do we, you know, like you said, shift out of caring so much about what other people say. Again, that's very heavily in this masculine energy that the external is where validation lies and the external is where I need to get that approval. And that's why so many of us become burnt out and overwhelmed and feel like we're not being productive enough because we are tying our work to our worth. And mm. again, all external, right? And so working with incorporating more of the feminine energies, and that's kind of the framework that I use in my work, really means, again, incorporating this missing piece of the puzzle that, you know, the feminine energy exists in a lot of other areas of our lives and is actually valued in a lot of other areas, just not as much in the working environment. And again, it's just a super powerful way to start shifting our perspective on what it means to show up and then what the feminine does is it brings us back internally. So back to ourselves, back to our values, it's intuition led. So we are tapping into what's aligned for me right now in this situation. And that once we get into the practice of doing that takes off so much of the pressure and the need for that external validation. Wow. That sounds like a lot of work for someone in maybe different for someone in their twenties or thirties to somebody who's in their fifties or older yeah. to re re recalibrate that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the years and years of conditioning that we kind of have to get to the point to say, do I want to choose again? Do I want to choose a different way of doing this? And, and I definitely see this with my clients. Like you just mentioned, like the older my clients are the more resistance there is to change. And a lot of the times, and, and naturally, there's some anger and irritation around the shift uh, and around doing it in a different way, simply because there with that needs to come a certain level of understanding that it's not your fault where that came from. Because otherwise, that's where the irritation comes up, right? It's like, well, I've done it for this long this way. Like, am I just wasting my time? And it's like, no, this is bigger than us as an individual. The place where this came from isn't, isn't your fault, isn't your responsibility. But shifting your experience of it and changing the narrative for yourself is 100% in your power. Right. And I wonder if some of that resistance also comes from I wish I had done this years ago. I wish mm -hmm. I had learned how to check in with myself years ago. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the only thing that I, that I always say to that is first and foremost, time is an illusion. So even though I'm here coaching on time management, essentially, um, it doesn't exist. It's the masculine construct of creating order and like, we need it. We love it. It gives, yeah, organization to our world, but mm -hmm. Um, the first thing, yeah, time is a construct. And second, um, the way that I view this work and life in general, especially when I talk about leading with the feminine, is that 
what we need comes to us at the at the right time. It's that whole, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And it has nothing to do with age or how long you've been doing one thing or the other thing. It is simply about saying, okay, I want to create this new way of being. And I'm just open to starting today because right now is literally all we have. Well said. Oh, you're echoing so many things that I share in the work that I do and in the podcast. I have seen the effects of relationship when people are seeking change and you seem to be able to build a relationship through what you share. Who is is someone in your life that helps mentor and speak into your life and and bring that same sort of uh, magic to you? Oh, that's such a good question. And it's honestly shifted over the years um, for a long time, especially when I was, you know, going through the beginning stages of this process. It was my mom because um, she had gone through a similar journey years before. So it was really nice to finally be at a stage where in our relationship we could talk about these things. And I wasn't resisting it from a place of being like the teenage daughter, which I definitely was earlier on. Um, and there was just like a really nice openness and back and forth at that point. And now I would say the teachers, the mentors that I've built up in my own space. Um, and I mean, for to a large extent, it's not even like, you know, the crazy big names. It's just um, having this tie or this connection to someone's podcast or someone's YouTube videos and just having that kind of as as my grounding in the background, like that is so helpful for me to just come back to and listen and not need to act on something. I think that that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, in certain situations, it's nice to, to get information and, and be able to build and implement. But I think when we're overwhelmed and we just need to get grounded, we just need that reminder. We just need to be reminded of the things that we actually already know. Um, and then I would say, over the last year, I've built up a really beautiful community of friends through either the business world or through my travels. And it feels just really exciting to have a different level of friendship, something that goes deeper than, you know, the mundane where you like talk about what's coming up for you and the belief shifts that are happening. And yeah, it's just Mm. really beautiful. Wow. And you've traveled. So you, you have, a brave some people would say that's brave I mean go go to spend a month in Bali and for yoga teacher class for you to to do the things you're doing and I, and I think now are you currently still in Germany no so I actually just moved to Copenhagen um on Monday <laughs> oh I am in the middle of your move well thank you for your time <laughs> No, it's, I'm so excited that we got to do this right now. I'm just like in the energy of it and it's, it feels very aligned. Oh, talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is actually um, something that I've been manifesting for the last seven, eight years Um, indirectly. Like it just wasn't the right time. I was living in Canada for a while. um, And I just, I went here, I went to Copenhagen for a layover. It was like a 24 hour layover. That was it. And after I left at some point, I don't think it was initially, but there was like a moment where I was like, I have to go back. And it was just this deep inner knowing. That's, I can't explain anything more than that other than it was just this calling, it was this pull. 
And so even when I moved to Canada after that, I was like, okay, I know at one point I'm going to be back in Europe. And at one point I'm going to end up in Copenhagen. That was just, it was clear. And I told people this <laughs> and people would be like, have you ever been like, do you know people there? I'm like, no, but I'm going to go. <laughs> um, and so it, at the end of 2020, I moved back to Germany as kind of like a stopover. And I wasn't hundred percent sure where I was going to go next, but I, I knew, okay, it was time to go back to Europe. Um, and Germany is where I grew up for a lot of my childhood. So I, I know it, I know I can get settled there, et cetera. And then with the pandemic, I was like, I don't want to make any moves right now. Like it just felt a little bit too uncertain and I didn't want to go somewhere new and then feel completely isolated. So I paused and I waited. Uh, in that time, I spent a couple months in Mexico and worked from there. So kind of like dabbling in, okay, I'm going to start putting myself out there again, start moving around. Um, and then while I was in Mexico, um, I had like a huge initiation phase where shit just hit the fan <laughs> for a couple weeks, um, which was a huge up level for me, for my business, for my work. Um, but that's where I got the now is the time call. So when I got back here, then I was like, okay, let's just approach this the way that we teach approaching new things, new goals, success, which is from this place of the feminine. Um, and literally I would, like, I told some people, of course, like, oh, I'm going to find a place in Copenhagen. Now I'm going to be moving there. The amount of people who are like, oh, it's so hard to find a place there. It's so expensive there. You're going to look forever. Like it's so hard. Da, da, da. I found a place in like under a month. I think I maybe in total searched for like an hour and a half. Like it was, it was so easy. I found this amazing place. The price was incredible. Like all these things where I was like, I'm not going to buy into those beliefs. I get to determine what my beliefs are here. And this is how it's going to be. And that is literally what it was. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. We could just stop talking right now. <laughs> Thoughts become beliefs, become actions. I mean, that's just yeah. the psychology that I work out of as a clinician. Okay. That is so incredibly inspiring. And now what? I mean, you and did now? just get there 10 minutes ago. But. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I just got here pretty much. So, um, honestly, I, just decided the first couple of days, I just need to be alone. <laughs> I need to come and arrive and ground and start, you know, implementing my routines in this space and get comfortable with where I am before I start taking action. So again, like feminine first and then doing the masculine action. Um, and then I'm just going to start integrating, start, I mean, playing out the manifestations or the things that I've been tapping into for the last couple months of preparing for this. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to say, like, there's just so much ease that I feel around it. Like this is, I've obviously traveled before and I've traveled alone. And like, when I went to Bali, there was so much anxiety still, like so much, like, you know, feeling uncomfortable walking the streets alone or eating alone. And here it's like, okay, there's this new level of deep, deep trust which I just truly see as having come from all the mindset work, um, leading with the feminine, all of that in, I'm going to find community here. It's already done. I've already found like the perfect place, which 
by the way, was like an expansion in itself. I was going to look for a place to live with someone else to start. And the universe was like, no, you can be bigger than that. Think bigger, expand yourself, please. (laughs) So yeah, I'm just, there's a lot of trust and ease around the process. Incredible. Okay. I'm just going to soak that in for a second. (laughs) You are doing what you are sharing with others, how to do you're yeah. actually doing it. That's not always the norm, right? So, I mean, I talk a lot about self-care with clients and I'm really, I think I'm really good at my own self-care. I, if I need a day, I take a day. If I need a moment, I take a moment. Mm-hmm. Not everyone does that. So I think that that authenticity that you present with comes from your walk in the walk, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, that's always been super important to me. Um, And I mean, I think that that's what led me on this journey is in the first place is I did it for myself. Um, And yeah, even thinking back to like the moments where there was doubt, it was always about like, where can I lean into this more? Where can I do this more? Um, And I think it, it brings for me a lot of, a lot of realness to be able to share then as well. And I just feel like I can help my clients better when I truly understand what they've what they're either going through or what they've gone through because I've been there yeah how does your family feel about this um my family is super supportive I am very very grateful for that um my mom has always been a super supportive figure in my life in terms of that and even when I I remember telling her that I was gonna (laughs) start a business and offer online courses (laughs) And she was like, that sounds great. But like, you know, you need to have like a lot of people, like, again, all these like kind of conditioning things. And I was like, I'm going to do it. She's like, okay. (laughs) Um, So it was always nice to feel like there was one kind of pillar of open communication again and telling her, okay, I've just like made a really big investment in a coach or whatever it was in this course. And she's like, awesome. Like you have to invest in yourself to move forward. And I think that for where I was at, that was super powerful for me because there were a lot of other parts of me um, where I was not that confident and I was not so sure of myself or certain decisions that I was making um, and did still seek a lot of that external validation. Um, So yeah, and I mean, now at this point, having a sustainable running business, the rest of my family has gotten on board. And before we were chatting, I just, I want the listeners to know this is just a fun little tidbit. You have all brothers and you're working in such a, in such a way it's like, you really get, I'm guessing, because that you get the the male feminine energy thing in a very big way. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, I think that that's what drew me so much when I first heard the concept of masculine feminine energies. I was like, oh my gosh, am I ever in my masculine and I didn't even realize that that was a bad thing. I thought it was good to be a perfectionist. I thought it was great to be type A organized on top of things. And I mean, it has helped me in many, many ways, but it's also hurt me in many, many ways. Um, and like I said earlier, like it came from this place of a coping mechanism. It was a survival response to say, okay, if I can be really organized no one's going to get upset at me. No one's going to need to yell at me. No one's going to, I'm not going to get in the way of anyone else. And 
where I really started to fall into this heavily. And I'm truly, I mean, I was young, but I marked this as the beginning of my burnout cycle because it wasn't just one thing, one job, one experience, one relationship. It was like everything that added up because it was the habits and the routines that I was in in my life. And of course the belief systems. And so it piled up essentially. But um, when I was 11 years old, my parents separated and I felt I'm, I'm also the oldest. And so I felt very caught in the middle, very much responsible, taking on the, the role of how can I help? How can I take care of my younger brothers? Um, which, of course, was never intended to be the responsibility my parents placed on me and all of that. But that's how I internalized and perceived it. Um, and so, of course, that then also meant like being organized, being on top of everything. Um, and being really, really in this masculine. And I got praised for it. I did. And so it felt like that was the right thing to do. Mm. And I think that happens with a lot of us in whatever, the minute that it's affirmed, we do it more because that affirmation, that praise is so needed. Yeah. It's an, it's another yeah. way of being nurtured. I, I, yeah. I, I think for, and I think for women, it's for me, my experience has been, and what I've heard from others, is that it is a, a, a type of nurturing. Yeah. I've done something well, and someone has said so. And that can be, I've lost weight, or I've had the marriage, or the children, or the white picket fence, yeah. or the whatever, right? But they're all in boxes, defined boxes. Exactly. Yeah. And again, all determined by something outside of ourselves. Outside, yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm coming to you as a brand new client and I have all these belief systems that are based in all these things you're talking about. What are some things you start off with someone to get them to a place of understanding it's okay? Cause there's a lot of guilt if we start to inner focus too much. A hundred percent. So the first thing that I always focus on is just, I mean, people come, most of the people who come to me are like, I want a better structure so that I can do more. That's like the main thing that I get. So the first thing is peeling it back and saying, well, actually, basically everything that we've talked about here today so far, <laughs> explaining that um, and then saying where we really need to start is going into your mindset. So depending on what their story is, we basically start by mapping out their belief story right now. And sometimes it's one really big core belief. Sometimes it's lots of small beliefs, but it's kind of like, we're going to sit down and you're going to just walk me through your story. And I'm going to do the work to understand, okay, where are the things coming up? We're going to talk about them and just get clear on what resonates, what doesn't, how those are, you know, perpetuating themselves in your life. Because a lot of the times we don't even see that we're just mirroring these things back into our reality and that we don't need to be doing that. So that would be the first thing. And the second part to that, like you also just mentioned, is making, releasing the guilt around that, creating compassion and forgiveness in the process, and then starting to reacquaint them with the feminine and make that safe. Because again, that's not something that is safe to us. It feels sticky. It feels unsafe to slow down. Um, one of the things that I see so often is this addiction that we have to chaos or as I call it, the trauma of overworking, 
Um, and so we feel like the, like we need to be doing in order to stay safe because we have learned throughout our lives that not doing meant not being safe mm-hmm. or we grew up in an environment of chaos. And so, and that can mean so many different things, but that's what we're used to. And so even though logically we can say, well, I don't need to be busy all the time or I don't like feeling this way, the known is safe. The unknown is unsafe, even if the unknown could be better for us. Um, so really we need these two things hand in hand, the mindset of like, what's your story right now? So that we can just like map out where you're at so that we even know what you want to be shifting. And then to starting to make the feminine safe, because until those two pieces are, are done or are, you know, being processed or worked on any of the system based parts or, you know, strategies that I teach aren't really going to stick because they're not going to either feel safe or you're going to feel like you need to do more. And so you're going to go back to doing too much. Mm, great. I'll take your course all in one day instead of <laughs> little pieces and I'll be, I'll be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the unsafe, that known, the unknown, a lot of that is it's like that protective survival mode that we have in our animal selves, but to use it for to, to serve you rather than against you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the best moments you've had in doing this with others? What are some of the things that you're like, that, yeah, that's exactly why I do this. Um, I actually had a coaching call today that I'll use as one of my examples. Cause it was so lovely. I've been working with this client for a really long time, actually almost two years. And um, she is just really locking in a new level right now. Like she has done tons and tons of work has really shown up and shifted out of all these old beliefs and stepped into this new way of living and being and she's traveling right now and she's like I feel like I'm just like stepping into my own symbolic baptism and I was like oh my goodness and it was such a beautiful call because it was slightly different than most of our calls and most of my calls with my clients are like okay, we're like sifting through things and we're doing the mindset shifts and we're implementing strategies and we're adjusting things that like didn't feel so good last week and all that stuff. And she finished the call and she's like, this has been one of my favorite calls. And we didn't go into any like deep shifts because we didn't need to. It was really just anchoring in where she has come to. And that was just such a beautiful moment. And for her to see how she realized that for herself as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. So decluttered intentions. <clears throat> you're talking about mindset. You're talking about, but you're talking about our physical space as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a small piece of it now. It used to be the main piece and that's where decluttered intentions comes from originally, like literally decluttering the physical space. Um, but I, I feel like it still very much applies because through doing the mindset work and changing the way that we're showing up to work and really leading with the feminine, we are decluttering our intentions around how we want to be living our lives and decluttering our mindset and decluttering the old belief systems and all of that stuff. Um, I basically use a physical space at this point to, to do the mindset work. So to work with the subconscious mind to anchor in habits, to anchor in routines, um, to create a sense of groundedness, because I this was my core belief at the beginning of starting my business, our physical space reflects our mental state and vice versa. So 
if things in here aren't feeling good, like what's happening in the physical space. And if the physical space is a mess, like it's probably affecting everything up here. Um, so I work with it in that sense. Um, and it's obviously super helpful because we have triggers everywhere and we can create positive triggers um, and we can shift a lot of the triggers that aren't helping us. And our physical space is just a really beautiful, tangible way to do something that is so internal and intangible. Hmm. I love that for you. What is your self-reflecting internal dialogue, self-care, whatever? There's so many catchphrases that people <laughs> think tune out. It becomes white noise, but they're still very valuable phrases. Mm -hmm. What do you do for you? Oh, so, so many things in all the small ways, I will say. Um, that used to be, especially obviously at the beginning of doing this work, it is so overwhelming. Like there's so many things and you're like, how do I do this? And how do I stick to a mindset routine when there's like a bajillion things that I could write down and meditate on and whatever it is. Um, and so I like to keep it super, super simple. I journal every single day for me that's like a connection to myself it's very intentional space that I create then my mind can't really wander when I'm focused on doing something and so either I will literally script my current situation and anchor in the things that I want to anchor in so like I'm so grateful right now to be here and like it feels so exciting and this huge manifestation just came came into being etc um or what I do if I'm not like needing to word vomit on the page um, is a mindset practice where I write down the proof. So evidence in all the ways in which the things that I'm working towards or wanting to create are happening because again, everything that we experience internally is reflected in our reality. So the more I start to see, okay, for example, um, moving to Copenhagen, where are those things already being reflected? Well, I saw an, an apartment posting that looked really good. I didn't get it, but like, I now see that there's options available that, you know, appeal to me, for example. And then the second part to that is deciding, like doing the, installing the beliefs essentially. But I like to call it deciding because I'm deciding that this is who I am, that this is what I'm creating, that this is who I'm becoming. Um, so I would say that that just having that space for me is super important. And then I, I like to, I like to have flow now. That's been my biggest practice is moving out of the masculine. So I love my routines, obviously type A, I could do everything like that, but I know it doesn't serve me. So really creating adjustments and knowing, okay, this is my routine, but I'm going to be present in it. And if I want to change something I can. And if I want to, you know, move a workout class to the afternoon, I will. And like, how can I really flow and be in it? So it's a lot about being present and then asking myself what I need in the moment. You're talking about how you got to here. And then it, your first piece of starting your coaching is that you just, you did it before you were ready, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a new catchphrase. Do it before you're ready kind of thing. Just, uh -huh. just do it. So that's, I mean, for listeners, if you're thinking I, that you align listening to Olivia and what she offers and you're like, no, I'll do it when my kids are older. I'll take time after my next promotion at work. I'll take time when my husband retires or what, right? What do you say? I say that the reason you don't have the time now is the reason you don't have the time later. Like we're not making the time now. And so nothing's going to change down the road. Again, it's, 
if we keep going the way that we're going, we're perpetuating the same beliefs and we're creating the same reality, nothing changes. So yeah, the time, the time is now and we have to start before we're ready and take the leap. And one of the things that the feminine teaches as well is that it's not about knowing the big picture. Like we, we have the idea of like, okay, I want to start this business or I want to, you know, step into this health goal or publish a book or whatever the goal is. How am I going to do that? And that's the masculine of like, okay, I want to plan. I want to know, I want to know exactly what I need to do before I even start. And the feminine calls you to just follow that intuitive feeling of like, I'm just going to take the first action. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And that's kind of the whole beauty of following your intuition is that you're not meant to know everything at this moment, because if you did, and this is often what happens when we create really airtight strategies, like step-by-step strategies, is that when we get to a point where it doesn't feel aligned anymore, we just continue on and we push through as opposed to recognizing, actually, how can I do a detour here? How can I maybe go in a different direction? And that's the whole perspective of like starting before you're ready because you don't actually need anything else other than that gut calling to towards the thing that you want. Mm. And to trust it. It's there for a reason. Yeah. And it's what helps us protect others and protect ourselves. So if you've trusted it anywhere in life, yeah, how valuable to trust it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say to my clients, if you do something different, you're going to get something different. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're, you're doing, you're, you're saying the same thing. We're saying the same stuff. Just We're saying work. the same thing. <laughs> and when I also, um, I honor you as a fellow female in that there isn't a competitive. So I could have asked you to do this and you could have said, um, no, I'm keeping all my stuff to myself and my business world. Right. And I'm, I'm seeing such a community in doing this podcast that I never would have been a part of. I'm, I'm a part of just support and encouragement and, and all those things. And it, there's no ego in the way. Yeah. And so I wonder if sometimes the shift is hard for women because we also have this, but this is how I present and this is my identity. And if I shift that, yeah. everything crumbles. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, again, as women, we've been pitted against each other. Like the masculine is competitive and there's, a great, again, not only bad, there's, it's great to feel that like competitive motivation for yourself with yourself. Um, but we've been pitted against each other in the world to say, well, if she's doing that, then like, I don't like her or she's threatening my position. And again, it's this external, like if someone else is, has this, or is doing this, that means something about me. It means absolutely nothing about you. And you know, for me, I mean, I'll be honest, like that was a shift for me at the the beginning too, more so because I didn't have the self-worth and the confidence to say what I'm doing is valuable. Like I had to do the work to install that first because once I felt that for myself, it didn't matter what anyone else was doing. And if anything, it was so amazing to see that other women were doing this work because it showed me proof and evidence that I could do it too. And I realized that the only reason it felt competitive at the beginning is because it triggered me that they were doing the thing that I wanted to do. Mm. Can you say a little more about that? Because I think that's a block for a lot of us. 
Well, yeah. I, even me, when I was starting the podcast, like, well, there's 80,000 podcasts. Why in the world would I start one? And it became about me. Like it became about, I wanted something for my clients in between sessions. And then it became, no, I, I, this is a creative outlet for me. So if I have one listener or 100 listeners, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. Thank you listeners for listening. <laughs> <laughs> you do matter. Uh, but, it, but it was more about, yeah, I'm not, that might, so yeah, you please say more about how you do that. Sure. So again, I'm going to keep saying this because it's just, it's just how I frame my work, but it's the feminine um, where we are, we're doing energy management essentially. So we're managing how we show up to something. How do I feel when I do something? What is the emotional state or the energetic state behind how I feel when I'm writing emails or doing my podcast or doing my YouTube channel or making a post or going live or reaching out to a potential client? Like, is it an energy of I should, I need to, I have to in order to get something from them or in order to compete with the other women in the space? Or is it from a place of, I'm so excited to share this work or this freebie or this podcast um, that the end result isn't tied to my experience of this? Of course, yes, the world has taught us to strive and achieve. And like, again, nothing wrong with that. But first and foremost, to do it from the place of, I feel called to do this and I'm going to do it no matter what that external outcome is, because that allows you to show up in this energy of receptivity and people feel that. And I love this. I don't know who says this, but um, I think I, I don't say this. I mean, I do say this, but I didn't, these are not my words, <laughs> but it's something like uh, frequency carries information. And so our energy in how we're doing something informs other people about what our intentions are. And so coming back to what you just said about competitiveness in this space, like there's no reason for us to be competitive if we're doing it from our inner space for ourselves. And as soon as we realize, okay, I'm doing this externally, that's where we want to see what's bothering me about this. Like, what am I trying to prove? Or where do I not feel grounded in my power or in my confidence? And that is basically that trigger that I was talking about. Mm. And not being result driven, being, being able to be present for the experience and yeah. the growth that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're so cool. <laughs> I'm so glad we're friends now. <laughs> I love this. I'm so glad. This is so important for, and I think important for men to hear. And I, and I want yeah. to say that, that, that we have to teach men how to honor that our motives or motivation or way of doing things is different for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, just to briefly speak to that, um, I have worked with a handful of men. I don't promote it because that wasn't, isn't my intention to be honest. That wasn't what I thought of doing when I set out, but, um, for the men who have reached out, it, it is applicable. Like a lot of men, need to learn how to tap into their feminine energies as well and make that safe for themselves. And of course that looks different than for us women and their um, productivity cycles are different than ours. And like, we do want to, like you said, honor that and for them to have that understanding of us so that they're honoring our needs as well as we honor our own. But just to say, even if any men listen to this, like 
there's a whole narrative that they're expected to show up in as well that needs to be just, and again, not the topic of today, but needs to be addressed and recognized because it's perpetuating a lot of shame and burnout for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So really just humans honoring humans would be a really cool thing. It'd be really great. <laughs> it sounds so easy. Also, it sounds too easy to just sit and figure this stuff out. And I think we make it bigger in our heads mm-hmm. than it needs to be because everything you're talking about and how you go about it, it, it doesn't have to be hard. It can feel hard. It can be a lot of work, but it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that there's a, an important difference um, to make between ease or easefulness and easy. The work isn't necessarily easy because it's new and it's new territory and it's uncomfortable and sticky a lot of the times. But when you start showing up in alignment with what feels good for you, it becomes easeful. You're a word person. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so great. How can people find you? I mean, I know I mentioned YouTube and Instagram, but tell, tell them, I'll put it in the notes for sure, but how can everyone find you? So on Instagram, decluttered.intentions. On YouTube, it's Time Freedom Lifestyle with Decluttered Intentions. So talking about little snippets of all of this kind of information and then a little bit of the time freedom element too of like, having time traveling, all those things that I'm doing on my personal side. I have a Facebook group um, called Ambitious Women Creating Intentional Lives. If you want to kind of be part of more of a community vibe, um, got a lot of, lot of lovely women in there. And then my website, um, declutteredintentions.com. Nice. What's something you're going to do today for yourself that is just you, Cole, just taking care of you? I have a bike that came with my apartment. So I want to go take a little bike ride around my neighborhood and just kind of get, get acquainted and get some fresh air and feel like a local because everyone rides bikes here. (laughs) That's amazing. And that's not hard. That's like a simple, yeah. Get out there and do it thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Olivia, for this today. Thank you so much. This has been such a lovely conversation. Honestly, I feel so filled up from it right now. Oh, me too. I'm completely energized. Thank you so much. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Olivia has such great ideas around breaking through, being overwhelmed and overworked and taking the initiative to just really intentionally bring balance back to your life. So as much as it is about our physical spaces, it's about our, our, internal spaces, our mindset, our thoughts, the conversations we have with ourselves, all the things that I've been talking about and hopefully you've been hearing from other guests. So check out her information. It will be in the show notes, but her declutteredintentions.com and her Instagram. Taking time for yourself and not feeling guilty about it is the most amazing feeling. Taking time to say, this belongs in my life. This doesn't belong in my life. When we do that, it's a gift to ourselves. It's a gift to those around us. I will never stop saying that. And if you have anyone in your life that, you know, maybe overworked, overwhelmed, unsure about how they feel about how things are right now, give them this episode to listen to, give them some of the other episodes here to listen to. I would love to hear from you. I always want to know if people are doing something different in their lives and bring balance to their lives. So I thank you for being here today. 
And I hope that you have a really wonderful day. Take care. Bye.